Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Give Jesus a big shout of praise all across this house. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I am, uh, while you're standing, if you don't mind staying standing for just a second, what we're going to do, in, uh, we're in the middle of a series called Mark. Somebody shout Marked. Yeah, so we're in this series that we started last week, and I just want to tell you, like, I just have this feeling that, that again, there's some people that walked in our church today, there's people every single week that are walking in here, that you've been playing, like a temporary mark has been put on your life. But here's the thing with this whole series, what we've been talking about, what we're going to keep talking about even today, first of all, it's a, it's a Peter theme, I feel like. Like this guy named Peter, we talked about last week, we talked about the week before that, and then uh, today, we're going to keep talking about Peter, and I'm, I'm just honored and excited that I have a brother all the way from South Carolina. Got in at 2.30 this morning with his little girl and his wife, and uh, they're sleeping in first service. They're going to be here second. But uh, one of our overseers here at Purpose Church is, uh, is Chris Dew. And uh, I just want to take a second and just, uh, and he may share part of his story, but me and Chris go back a few uh, years, uh, I guess about t- uh, 10-ish, probably more than that. I'd have to think about that again. But, but uh, when Chris and I first met, we both were young guys in ministry, and and man, the Lord had um, just a special calling on your life. And man, what God has done in you and through you, I am honored to just have a front row seat to it. And uh, Chris may share part of his story, but the world labeled him a lot of things. And um, there, was, there was drugs and addiction, just a little bit. And just $70,000 on heroin, right? That's it. And um, had a speech impediment, couldn't even say his name, really. Couldn't even order at a restaurant. And what the Lord has done, and what the world may have labeled you, God had a permanent mark on your life. And I believe today is going to be just a special day as you share that God has loosed your tongue. He's got you free, that you're able to speak, and you're going to bring the word today. So come on, can we give it up for my man Chris Dew, all the way from South Carolina. Come on, let him know that we love him, we're so thankful for him. Love you, bro. Love you. So thankful for you. What's up, Purpose Church? How y'all doing? You good? Uh, you guys can have a seat for me. I love Purpose Church. Man, it feels good in this room. I'll be honest with you, man. I have uh, the privilege of preaching a lot of places. And uh, I just love this house, though. I love your pastors. I know y'all know this already, but uh, your pastors have high integrity. And uh, in our world where uh, that uh, you know, isn't always the case in uh, you know, the Christian world, um, as a close friend of Pastor Dustin and as a close friend of the staff here, uh, I just want to let y'all know you have people who truly love Jesus, who truly love you, and man, are just people of high character, high integrity. So, uh, yeah, huge round of applause for the pastors, if, if, if y'all don't mind. <clears throat> yeah, but it's always an honor to come here. Uh, I love being here. Uh, my sweet wife and um, 
Our sweet little girl, Evelyn, is going to be here in a little while. Small, little, cute girl, about two years old, blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, I'm in trouble because she acts a lot like her daddy. And pray for us. Man, we got another little one on the way here in about three months or so. And uh, we're excited. Man, it's another girl, so I'm going to be broke forever. <laughs> Let's pray, if you would. King Jesus, this is your church. It's your word. It's your Holy Spirit. God, the point of this whole gathering today, this whole experience, is that we want to hear from you and encounter you. If uh, we have a great time and leave unchanged, uh, it isn't what we came here to do. And God, we pray right now that we would encounter the living God and uh, that you would clarify our vision of who you are, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. amen. So, Peter. Peter's one of those guys that as I read through the scriptures, uh, that he's always a loud mouth, he's a hardworking guy, you know, has an average ordinary job, and then he has this encounter with Jesus where he says, hey, come and follow me. I have this calling on your life. I have this purpose for your life. And he leaves everything he knows and he follows Jesus. And all through his life, all through his time following Jesus, he has ups and downs, as you talked about last week, of highs and lows, of times where he's a loud mouth and it's just like, man, what is Peter doing right now? Towards the end of his life, he, he swears up and down that he will never leave Jesus aside. He says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm never going to deny you. But three times, he says, I don't even know him. I don't know who Jesus is. I've never heard of this guy. No, I'm not one of his followers. And he says, man, you know, the um, teacher I have been following over the past three years, he was crucified and I denied him. So I'm just going to leave and I'm going to go back to all the things I was doing prior to following Jesus. But he ends up that he's um, in his ordinary job again as a fisherman. And then he has this encounter with Jesus where he comes back to him. And he says, hey, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Do you love me? And over and over again, Peter says, yes, you know I love you, Lord. Even though he had turned away from Jesus, Jesus came after him again. And and he ends up that uh, the Holy Spirit falls on Peter. He preaches this crazy message where 3,000 people get saved. And uh, he's one of the pillars in the church. And so, but here's the thing that I want to hone in on. If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to flip open to Mark chapter 8. And here in this passage uh, that Peter is asked one clarifying question. And here's the thing. Prior to, be you, prior to Peter being used greatly by God, he had to answer this one question. And the exact same thing is true for you and I, that, man, I really believe, as pastor said earlier, that there's some people in this room who have massive callings on your life. 
that his plans for you are, are great and massive and that uh, he has a calling on your life that's going to blow your mind. But prior to stepping into that calling, you have to answer this one question. If you have a Bible, let's, let's uh, read this passage. Uh, it's in Mark chapter 8, and I'm going to start in verse 27 here. Here's what it says. It says, And Jesus went on with his closest followers to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, a few say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, well, you're the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man has to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. But Peter, oh Peter, took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, side note before we finish. Please, I just think that's a bad idea. If Jesus is teaching, and you're like, nah, 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 Jesus, come here, like, you got that one wrong, let me, let me tell you, I just think that's always a bad idea, you know what I mean? Like, if it's his teaching versus my teaching, let's go with Jesus' teaching. <clears throat> Yet, turning and seeing all the disciples, he rebuked Peter and says some harsh words, get behind me, Satan, Lord Jesus. If Jesus calls you Satan, you know, that's just a bad day. It's like he had this spiritual high high right here. It's like, who do people say that I am? He's like, you're the Christ. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the right answer. I'm going to build my church on you. And then right afterwards, he calls you Satan. I can relate with that spiritual walk. Do anybody else? Where I feel like I'm killing it some days, and then other days I feel like Jesus called me Satan. So that, that's... that's um, yeah, calls him Satan. And then he says this, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So here's our question that we have to answer. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Now, just want to tell you, this Sounds like an easy question for church. It's like, I think we can, I mean, I think we got that. This is church, we, we nailed the Jesus question. But I'm going to step on some toes this morning. I hope that's okay with some people. This is the key question of the entire Bible. It's the key question of the entire scriptures and human history. Who is this Jesus? Jesus is the most influential person who's ever lived in the history of the world. Right, it's April what, 23rd today? April 10th, 23rd of 2023. Why? Because Jesus split history in half. Christmas is about Jesus. I don't know if y'all knew that. I didn't grow up with that idea. I thought it was about Santa Claus and the reindeer and all that, but Christmas is about Jesus. Easter is about Jesus. So much in our culture flows out of the teachings 
of Jesus. He spoke things like turn the other cheek, love your enemies, and for God so loved the world. He is and was and will be the most influential and a divisive figure in the history of our world. And how we answer this question will have a profound impact on our lives. So who is this Jesus? What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you four primary views of who Jesus is. Four primary views that we had in this original context and also that's very prevalent in our world today. Here's view number one. He's important, but he's pretty much irrelevant to me. He's important, but he's pretty much irrelevant to me. When I was a kid, I had these grandparents that would always hand me $100, and I love these grandparents. <laughs> they're like, every Christmas, every Easter, every birthday, they're just handing me $100 and saying, do you want to go to the mall? And I was like, yes, I'm an emo kid, right? So I love Spencer's and Hot Topic. And I'm like, I can, $100 at Hot Topic will go a long way. You know what I'm saying? So I used to go there, uh, and I love these grandparents. But I had this other set of grandparents who would always give me like a collared shirt and some khakis. And it was always like, please, Jesus, please, 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 please just tell them to give me $100 this year. Like, I would really rather have that. Then they'd have the khaki shorts and the collared shirt, and they'd also give me this envelope. And I, I remember getting this envelope every single year and being like, I know this is important. I know this is kind of important, but it's pretty much irrelevant to my life right now. I'm eight years old. I don't need no envelope with a piece of paper in it, but it was a savings bond. And in the moment, I was like, man, I, I, I know that's important. I know my parents grab that envelope real quick and they hide it somewhere. Except at that time, it was pretty much irrelevant to my life. And if I'm honest, this is oftentimes how we view Jesus. It's like, he's, he's kind of important. I know I'm supposed to go to church. I go sometimes because it's like, man, he, he's important. Except if I'm honest, he's pretty much irrelevant to my life. How I spend my time and my money, who I date, the job I have, all of these things. And as he's hanging out with his closest followers and Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? This is how they responded. Well, John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the other prophets Translation, you're a good teacher. I know you're important, but you're pretty much irrelevant to my life. And if we have this type of view, then oftentimes what happens is we live our lives without a lot of thought of Jesus. We come to church sometimes, but not much changes. Jesus really isn't on our minds. We may call ourselves Christians, yet our time and our finances and our talents really don't reflect that. This is cultural Christianity, and it's so prevalent, especially in the South. He's important, yet he's pretty much irrelevant to my life. I love the quote by C.S. Lewis that he says, if you look at the claims of Jesus, he claimed he was God, he claimed he had the words of eternal life. There's only three options of how you can respond to this. It's either that he's a liar. He understood he wasn't God, but he claimed he was. 
He's crazy. He's a lunatic. He actually thought he was God, but he isn't. Or he's actually Lord. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. The one thing Jesus cannot be is just kind of important. So who is this Jesus? One is that he's important, but he's pretty much irrelevant to my life. Here's view number two. This is going to step on some other toes. He's harmful, he's repressive, and maybe even oppressive. He's harmful, he's repressive, and maybe even oppressive. There was a whole bunch of people that said, hey, he's important, he's a good teacher, but we're going to put him in a box over here, and I'll leave him there. He's a prophet or, or one of those things. Except there was a whole other group of people that when they looked at Jesus, they said, no, he's not just irrelevant, he's harmful. His teachings are throwing off the religious status quo, and also the Roman leaders hated him because he was claiming to be another type of king. He was viewed as harmful, repressive, and maybe even oppressive. And for hundreds of years in America, this hasn't really been a huge view. Yet Jesus' teachings on sexuality and gender are in conflict with the cultural currents of our day. And Christians are becoming more and more viewed as harmful. I would hop on planes a few years ago and people would ask me what I did. I'd be like, I'm a, I'm a preacher, you know, I'm a pastor. And they'd say, thank you for your service. It's always really interesting. I don't know, don't really know how to respond to that. It's like, hi. But oftentimes when that question is asked now, I have to think twice. It's like, am I going to tell her I'm, I'm, a, I'm a speaker? <laughs> I've used that one before. <laughs> I'm going to speak somewhere. <laughs> But oftentimes when I say I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, they'll say, man, like, you're such a nice person. Why? And it's because this view is rising. My sweet little girl, Evelyn, uh, that we go and get cake pops all the time at Starbucks. Anybody just love cake pops up in here? Come on, some those things are holy. (laughs) Every time that I'm hanging out with her and it's only her and I, she's like, it's like, oh, I know what that means. I want a cake pop, daddy. Uh, we hop in the car and we hop out of the car at uh, t- t- Starbucks and I say, baby, hold my hand. Because there's lots of cars going around and stuff and I just need her to hold daddy's hand. And oftentimes when I do that, that she tries to pull her hand away and looks at me like, daddy, you're so repressive and harmful and repressive and you're limiting my freedom right now. But here's the thing, don't miss this. True freedom for her in that moment is not the freedom to roam in the parking lot. True freedom for her is I trust my daddy that he's a good dad, and I'm just going to stay next to him. True freedom is not the lack of restrictions. It's glad submission to a good father's good, perfect, and pleasing will. To quote... C.S. Lewis, again, he calls this chronological snobbery. Don't you just love that phrase? Chronological snobbery. It's we're the smartest people who've ever existed. And thousands of years in the past that, man, no, 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 they're dumb. We're the smartest people who've ever lived. 
And I would offer, though, that as you look through history, that Jesus' teachings have actually helped culture at large. Hospitals, orphanages, colleges and universities, the civil rights movement, all flowed out of the teachings of Jesus. Now, there have been some blemishes as there's been people who've twisted his teachings, twisted the scriptures in order to oppress other people, absolutely. Yet as you look at it as a whole, it's clear that Jesus and his teachings have actually helped culture and have not harmed it. So who is this Jesus? Is he just important but pretty much irrelevant to my life? I'm gonna put him in a box over here. Is he harmful? Is he repressive and maybe even oppressive? And here's view number three. And if you liked that point, you're probably not going to like this point. Here's view number three. He is merely a means to a political end. He is merely a means to a political end. When Jesus came on the scene, the people of Israel were... uh, we're all under Roman oppression. And so it's hard to imagine that, but think about it like this, right? If China comes over here and uh, it just takes over and we had to pay taxes to China and just pretty much it's, it's, it's all about China. But that when the people of Israel would read the Old Testament and all the promises of the Christ, the Messiah coming, that what they would think is he was gonna come and overthrow Roman oppression. Like, that's what they thought when they read the promises of the Old Testament. Is that, yeah, there's going to be a Christ, and when he comes, he's going to immediately have an army, and he's going to rise in political power, and he's going to take over by force. And this is why Peter calls out Jesus here when he's saying, hey, who do people say that I am? He says, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, and he's like, you have said rightly. And then he goes on to expound about what that means. I'm going to die, and I'm going to be resurrected, and instantly Peter says, no, no. That's not what the Old Testament says. The Old Testament says that you're going to come and take over and overthrow Roman oppression, that you're going to take it by force. And very quickly that, uh, that Jesus tells Peter, no, 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 you are not setting your mind on the things of God yet on the things of man. It's also why Jesus is being arrested uh, that Peter slices off the guy's ear. Love that story. (laughs) I'm like, man, I'm like, Peter, let's let's just do that. Let's just take over with swords and force. And he slices off the guy's ear, but how did Jesus respond? He leaned over, he grabbed that ear, and he healed the guy. This is also why Jesus says, uh, here in verse 30, it says that he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. I'll be honest, man, for years I read that verse and I'm like, why didn't he tell? Like, why did he do that? I thought the whole point of Jesus coming was like, we're supposed to tell everybody about him and like, this, this is good. But, he, but it says here, he strictly charged them to tell nobody about him. And here's why. He knew they would miss it. He knew that even Peter had the right answer, except he had the wrong view. I think oftentimes in cultural Christianity, this is how we have. Like, we got the right answer. 
Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, he's my Messiah, he's my Lord and Savior, except we have the wrong view. We have the right answer, yet we have the wrong view. Oftentimes when you have this view that what happens is you try to win a culture war, which isn't a bad thing, and slowly start viewing the people that you're called to love as an enemy that you hate. It's a slight shift away from the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control, into cynicism. This is how you end up storming the Capitol with a Jesus flag. We don't need more Peters chopping off ears trying to advance our view of what the kingdom looks like. We need more Jesus followers picking up those fallen ears in order to bring healing into a hurting world. So who is this Jesus? And I'm on everyone's toes right now. I know that, right? If you like that point, you didn't like the other, it's, it's right. We're, we're on everyone's toes. Who is this Jesus? Is he important but pretty much irrelevant? Is he harmful, repressive, and maybe even oppressive? Is he merely a means to a political end? Or lastly, here's point number four. He's the king of an upside-down kingdom. He's the king of an upside-down kingdom. Peter answers rightly. Who do people say that I am? And then he clarifies, who do you say that I am? And this is the question. This is the question that you and I, if we're going to be used greatly by God, we got to answer. Who do you say that Jesus is? He's the king of an upside down kingdom. He's way better than they thought. That he had in his mind, Peter had in his mind right now that Jesus had come and he was going to overthrow Roman oppression. He was going to free Israel. But actually what Jesus came to do is to free the world. He had in his mind that Peter was going to come and take it by force and political power. But actually what Jesus did was upside down of that. He laid down his life for the world. He didn't just come to make America great again or to overturn the power structures of oppression. He came in order to usher in a new kingdom that would change the entire world. He didn't come to form an army. He came to atone for the sins of the entire world. He's the Christ. He's the long-awaited for Messiah. He's the divinely anointed king. He's the one that was prophesied about throughout the Old Testament. And here's the gospel. If you haven't ever heard the gospel, I want to clearly share the gospel with you this morning. Because here's the thing. He explained a little bit of my story, but as a um, hopeless heroin addict, could not talk at all, that I heard this message of the gospel I heard about who Jesus was, and I, I mean, I didn't understand all the implications of it at the time, but I handed my life over to Jesus 12 years ago when I was 100 pounds, track marks up and down my arms, and I'm telling you, he's real. He's real. So here's the gospel. There's a real God. 
who created everything in the universe for his glory and our joy. Man, he made good coffee for God's sake. Come on, somebody. He made filet mignons. He made peacocks. He made some good things for his glory and our joy. Um, and he made you and I to have a perfect relationship with him, to have closeness with him, closeness with one another, and creation was blessed. Except then evil entered into the world. Sin came into the world. We chose evil. And ultimately what happened is that closeness with God was broken. The closeness with each other is now in conflict. And even creation was cursed. And I don't know about you, but if I'm God, I'm done. I'm like, let's start another world. These people are, are ratchet. Yet instead, he comes towards the brokenness over and over again. He comes towards the brokenness. Man, he chose Abraham. He said, Abram, I'm going to bless you in order that you'll be a blessing to the world. And eventually, Abraham becomes the people of Israel. And he says, I'm going to bless you, Israel, and then you can be a blessing to the world. And they're kind of in and out of God's will. And eventually, out of Israel comes Jesus, a real person claimed he was God, claimed he had the words of eternal life. He had a perfect life on earth. He was eventually arrested and killed and crucified because people viewed him as harmful and oppressive. And as he hung on that cross, you've heard the story. He atoned for the sins of the world. He paid the ultimate price for you and I that we could be reconciled to God, reconciled to each other. And he was literally killed. This is a historical event. Jesus is a historical person. He was put in a tomb, but he didn't stay dead, you know. On the third day, Jesus rose from the grave, conquering sin and death and Satan and everything. And then he hung out for 40 days, and Scripture says history tells us that he appeared to hundreds of people. But then he had ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit fell on Peter and the other disciples. And the church has been advancing ever since. That's why we're here today. And one day, Jesus will come back and everything wrong will be made right. All the cancer is gonna go away. All the addiction is gonna go away. All the speech impediments are going to go away. And his invitation here to Peter is, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Man, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Peter had in his mind that, man, if Jesus is king, man, I'm going to be important. I have an easy life. I'm going to rule and reign with Jesus on earth. It's going to be amazing. Except then Jesus goes into this whole bit about, nah, I'm going to die. And I'm going to be resurrected. It's going to be dope. But he said, no, 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 no. Right? Because he had in his mind, this is going to be comfortable. 
But actually he tells him, no, 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 how you follow me is you have to give up yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And here's the thing about Peter's life that church history tells us, is that eventually he was arrested and beaten and whipped and eventually crucified. But he said, I I cannot be crucified like my Lord. And he was crucified upside down. So Jesus was trying to tell Peter, hey, this thing's beautiful, but yeah, it's going to cost you. Following Jesus is not easy. And this is his invitation to you and I. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself or herself. Take up their cross and follow me. Because if you try to save your life, it's like oil in your hands. It just runs out. But if you lose your life for my sake, that's where the joy is, my friends. You'll find it. So here's my question as we close. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? Do you view him as just kind of important, except overall kind of irrelevant to your life, just cultural Christianity? I would offer you that he claimed he was God, so he's either a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. He can't just be kind of important. He's either ultimately important or throw it out. Or do you view him as as harmful, harmful to culture? And I would offer you to take a humble look at history. He's actually the greatest thing that's ever happened. Or do you view him as just a means to a political end? Listen, I get it. It's easier to take it by force. Yet, we don't need more Peters slicing off ears. Man, we need followers of Jesus picking up those fallen ears to bring healing to the world. Or do you view him as your king? the king of an upside-down kingdom, I'm willing to follow you wherever. Prior to being used by God, we have to answer this one question. Who is this Jesus? There's this interesting passage that's right before this, actually. If you have your Bibles, look at 22 through 26. It's a healing of a blind man that's right before the passage that we just read. And I'm going to close with this. And in every other miracle in Scripture, every healing that Jesus did is a one time and done. He touches the guy, boom, he's healed. Every single time Jesus encounters someone and he tries to heal them, they get completely healed. But this time, the only time in the entire Bible, it's a two-part healing. There's a blind man that comes up and he says, hey, Jesus, heal me. And he touches him and the guy's like, I can kind of see. There's like trees walking around. He says, all right, come back. He touches him and then he's, he's healed completely and he can see clearly. And everything in this book is inspired, right? So I believe why that passage is right before this is because oftentimes that's how we are with, with Jesus is that we kind of see him. I was raised in the church, I I, kind of see who he is. Except then eventually there comes a time where you get the clarity and you see him for who he really is. 
And I pray today that that happens, has happened, will happen, that as we pray here in a minute, that the scales will fall off and that you will see Jesus for who he really is. Because if you see him for who he is, then you'll give him everything and it'll be a joy to follow him. Let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you do what only you can do in this space. All the words, all the songs, all the excellence here that, that, that only you can draw people to yourself, though. And God, I pray right now that you would draw people to yourself. If you're here and you're like, hey, listen, this message is for me today. I've heard about Jesus before, but if I'm honest, man, I think I'm in one of those other three categories. But here today, I heard the gospel. I heard about how Jesus laid down his life on my behalf, and I want to follow him. If that's you, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It isn't the prayer that saves you. It's not if you get all the words right, then you're a Christian. But it's a posture of the heart of saying, hey, I'm ready to follow Jesus. With all heads down and all eyes closed, if that's you, uh, and just pray something like this to him. You don't have to say it out loud. Just pray it in your heart. He's closer than your closest thoughts. And pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I need you to save me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. I repent of my sin. And I place my faith in you, Jesus. I trust you. Have my life. With all heads down and all eyes closed, if you're here and you just prayed to receive Christ, would you put your hand over your head for me? I'm the only one looking around. And your Pastor Dustin, anybody else, put your hand up for me. Awesome, awesome. Anybody else? You aren't the only one. Awesome. Awesome. And then another prayer. Uh, if you're here and, and, and it's like, hey, listen, I know who Jesus is. He's my Lord. But if I'm honest, I've drifted into one of these other three categories. I've been pulled through uh, TV news anchors or family members or whatever. I've been pulled into one of these other categories or culture or TikTok. Uh, it's just a time of, of, of clarity and repentance. If that's you, just pray in your heart, hey, Jesus, I want the real you. Clarify my vision. I love you. All right, guys, I'm going to hand it back over to Pastor Dustin right now, but I love Purpose Church. I love you guys so stinking much. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, honored that you would bring that message. And I think that that's just like a second ago when he just asked if anybody received Jesus just now. First of all, we always say it. 
that literally celebrations our response. There is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to know Jesus. And so, uh, one more time, can we just thank God for salvation being in this room right now? Why don't you stand on your feet all across this house? Come on, stand to our feet, stand to our feet. I want you to know if you did just make that decision here in just a second, we're going to respond as a church. We're going to respond together and we're going to sing a song together. And we're also, what I'm going to ask you to do, we're going to have our prayer team on either side of the platform here. Some of our staff, some of us are on either side. And if you have anything that you walked in this place with that you're carrying, that you want to just partner some faith up with some people and share that with somebody, man, we would be honored to carry that with you. This, this platform area around here, this altar area is going to be open as we respond. But if that's you and you just decided to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, Jesus. First of all, I just think it's too good not to tell somebody, right? Like you got to let somebody know. Yeah, you raised your hand, but here's my thing for you. The, the Bible talks about it. Jesus talks about it. Hey, if you will deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. And so here's the, I just think it's so important that you let somebody know that you made that decision. That, hey, I, I have a relationship with Jesus. Hey, I know Jesus. Uh, I just said yes to Jesus today. So any, any, uh, in just a second, when we respond, if that's you and you want to let us know down here on either side, you can do that. But also, uh, in that seat pocket that's in front of you, there's that QR code. You can actually scan that with your phone, and that's a way that you can let us know, if, again, if it is your first time or if you made a decision to follow Jesus today. We'd be honored to follow up with you this week. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.